Welcome into Short and Spooky, the podcast about anthology shows from the 80s, 90s, and sometimes the early 2000s. I am joined by my co-host, John S. How you doing, buddy? Good, and I am joined by my co-host, Tommy O. Hey, baby, what's up? What's up, babies? What's up, shorties? What's up, dads? What's up, spookies? What's up, watcher? What's up, Tommy Jr.? Tommy Jr., Bart the dog. Yep. Uh, Jeez, we got too many of these things. I know. (laughs) Uh... What's up, bud? Tell me to. Yeah. Uh, what's up to all those gremlins heads out there? Oh, yeah. You want to talk about some gremlin stuff? Yes. What's going on? Did you? Did you, did you <laughs> I like that you tone of your a, voice. What's, what's going on? Let's wrap. Yeah. Let's, uh, uh, do you have a, uh, what, what do they call them before they become a gremlin? A mogwai? Uh, yeah. Do you have a mogwai? No. Uh, actually, uh, so I'm a huge gremlins fan, uh, have been since I was a little boy, uh, and... There's some Gremlins news. Really? Yes. There's not a new Gremlins movie. I wish there was. Oh. Uh, I already have some ideas for Gremlins 3. But. Wait. If. You're making Gremlins 3? I have some ideas for Gremlins 3. Mm. Uh, But they're making a Gremlins television show. Animated television show. What network? I don't know. I think it's some streaming platform. It's going to be a prequel. It's going to be about where... Gizmo the Mogwai came from and how he came into uh, being owned or possessed by uh, Mr. Wing in Shanghai. Like I, want, in I, 19, I want like, a Mr. Wing prequel. That's what it is. But I mean, like, just him. Just like a young boy, like, growing up on the streets of Shanghai. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm into that. That does sound up your alley, you sick freak. <laughs> yeah, and as much as I love Gremlins, I also like talking about anthology shows. Uh, and today we have a guest on our show. We do. Hello, world. This is Mr. Dave. Uh, Scaredy Cat Dave. Scared, we decided uh, off air that his nickname, his shock, his shock jock name will be Scaredy Cat Dave. Yes, Scaredy Cat. Yes, I'm scared. And um, yeah, but you said you had a story behind the reason why you picked this name. Would you like to tell this? Well, um, I, I love getting, it's fun to get spooked. It's fun to be spooky. I'm still shorty though. But, um, reason why, reason why I chose that name, just like, oh God, whenever, you know, in a horror movie, there's that, you know, it's really quiet. And then like, you know, whoever it is, is like trying to dodge the killer or watching out for like the big, the big nasty coming around the corner. Mm-hmm. And then like all of a sudden a cat just run, runs by. I'm that guy in the theater that like jumps. I like jump. At, you like, like the jump scare. Oh uh, yeah. I'm, okay. the, I'm the jump scare guy. That's why it's just like, do you like, have that, a, do you have a favorite jump scare? Oh God. Was there a time that you remember? Like maybe, I don't know. You were like in the movie theater and like you, you had, there was a jump scare. Maybe like you threw your popcorn all over your, like some girl or something or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. <laughs> That's his fetish what, now. Did you ever it, jump? Yeah. I don't know. Jump out of bed popcorn. and, twist your ankle or something <laughs> i just can't like it, it could be even a non-scary thing like it'll just be really quiet almost on like that i'm like Dah! like i'm that one guy in the theater that you like see like like just like, i can't think of anything specific but pretty much you're anything. like the funnest people to bring to the theater yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. that's exactly who i want to see a movie with people who like <laughs> scream and like and be like oh hell no like people I'm, you <laughs> if they're not sitting with you you hate them but if they're with you you love them yeah uh, I'm sterile in that sense now. I, mean, I, I know I talk about being like a scared little kid, but I'm not a little kid anymore. Um, but I also, from having my siblings like try and scare me all the time, I developed like I might freak out on the inside if someone like comes up behind you and does like the huh, you know, like grabs you. 
Oh, yeah. Inside, I'm freaking out. Outside, cool as a cucumber, baby. So, Dave, uh, what other type of uh, background do you have with uh, horror? Did you, I take it if you're a scaredy cat, you probably, did you watch a lot of horror stuff as a kid? Or do you remember any? Of- do you enjoy the scare? I do. That's, I, okay. I still get down with like watching scary stuff, like yep. horror stuff, more like psychological. Like I don't mind like the gore. Actually, it's just like the like the dun dun, you know, around the corner kind of shit. But I had this neighbor, or I had these uh these two kids that lived across the street from us when I was growing up. Um, Matt and Steve, their stepdad was big in like horror and action movies and everything like and that. Porn. We and love dads. It was where the first time I saw. <laughs> We love dads. <laughs> it was it was the oh god stepdads too, but it was the first time I saw. I remember seeing it like the TV, Ooh, the Tim Curry one, classic. That gave me nightmares for like years, literally. It gave me like two years. It just it fucked with my head. And then mm-hmm. like all like the uh, you know typical stuff like Friday Thirteenth, um, like the first like the like the good ones, um, the big franchise, Halloween, yeah, yeah, Halloween, the heavy hitters, all that stuff. Um, what about um, TV shows? Did you ever like watch like kind of like Erie, Indiana, or like what's that? What? Yeah. It's it was a show that came on a uh, maybe Disney Channel or something like that. But it was basically like uh, if all of the stories of an anthology series took place in one town, okay. and it's for kids. That doesn't sound interesting at all. Well, it's weird. It's Erie. It's Erie, Indiana. So uh, watch it. Clever pun. You'll love it. Disney did horror. I think it was for Disney Channel or something like that. It was a television show. The point is, it was a kid's show that had some freaky elements, just like, uh, you know, Are You Afraid of the Dark or uh, Goosebumps or one of those types of shows. I'm trying to get a gauge if you ever watched anything that we might have watched. Great new content, but um, nah, I never heard, heard of that. I mean, there was, there was like Goosebumps and all that stuff and like Are You Afraid of the Dark. Did you have cable growing up? Like, we had like... Uh, we had like the basic cable. We didn't have like HBO or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, pretty, You know, as far as like you know, lower middle class family. Goes. Tales from the Crypt was never in your thing, uh, which is an episode it, we're doing today. Ironically enough, it's you know the intro of that show really spooked me out. Honestly, it really did. Like, and I was just like, it always come, obviously always come on at night. The Danny Elfman theme, and then like seeing the Crypt same guy who did Simpsons. All right, no, but uh, yeah, the the intro for Tales from the Crypt was like it was just kind of spooky, and like at a young age, and when the the crypt keeper popped out and like, <laughs> but then I would occasionally I would kind of go back to it and watch it and be like, oh, he's kind of fun, you know, you know, yeah. he's kind of. But like, I, it was pretty. The, the puppet was like really like lifelike though, and really good, still holds up. Yeah, yeah it still holds up to this day. I know? think that's one of the reasons why I I find the crypt keeper so appealing is because he was scary, and I knew when I was watching this I was going to be scared, but because he was like friendly and made stupid puns, I loved him. I thought he was great, and I kind of felt safe. You don't feel his... scared. Like, well, like, yeah, you just feel scared, but you, you he's like he's not threatening. No, he's not going to be the one doing no. the so, damage to you. I feel like when I was watching as a kid, I would think if I was watching this, Crypt Keeper is going to keep me safe from whatever I see in the actual episode. Yeah, got my back. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good way of looking. At I um the, the the first version I saw, it had like an extended HBO intro to it before the actual intro to the show, and but it's like a kind of spooky thing setting up, being like, oh, we're going to our, like our adult scary programming it was kind of cool did they have a little thing for perversions of science um they might have probably well, some boobs what were the other know. shows besides tales from the crypt oh i have no idea oh okay it just it was an extended version because I, I was like oh i don't think i'm on the right episode because i have seen this show many times now from this from doing this dumb podcast but yeah oh. it was interesting I'll, I'll you know after off air which is gonna be fun for the listeners uh i'll show you it um on my computer cool um yeah so today's episode 
was picked by Mr. Dave himself. Yeah. Uh, it's called What's Cooking, and there's an all-star cast, and this is pretty Star-studded. awesome. Star-studded. Big time. You love talking about studs, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Meaty, loafy ones. Especially tongue studs. Mm. Tom, to be specific. Um, was there a reason why you picked this one out? It was the first episode that of Tales from the Crypt. I was like, oh, like my brothers and I, we saw the saw a commercial for him. We're like, dude, Chris Reeves, Superman. Hell yeah. Like, fearlessly, we went in and watched it, you know, totally and loved it. You know, it was like, and it wasn't like, it was kind of like my first, like, hey, Tales from the Crypt, they really that scary. You know, it's a good, like, entry level yeah. spooky episode. Still okay. spooky. All right. Highest mm-hmm. rating. Uh, of all the Tales Crips. No episode. way. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's incredible. Um, well, this episode came out in 1992. This is uh, season four, episode six. Yeah. July 22nd. Very close to where we're, when we're actually recording this. Um, I was, in 1992, I was like five or six years old. Okay. You were 22. <laughs> 20 20 <laughs> but i had a fake id <laughs> no yeah i was a, i was a young buck uh at the time too and uh this episode of tales in the crypt what's cooking okay so we need to establish drinking, drinking game rules, rules. Ooh, do you guys wait. have any drinking game rules dave you are our honored guest thank you so uh there's yeah there's some good there's some good ones in here um take a drink every time you hear a sexy sax you know, like, kind of like between the episodes, like, wah, wah, wah. and then um, also that Ken Burns old timey kind of music. Yeah. So I had this. This was the same drinking note I had. I just wrote ragtime music. Yeah. Anytime you hear some ragtime, <laughs> you've been wondering like, how does this play into the plot like, at all? Like, yeah, like, what does it have to do with it? What am I watching? Life, a Zatarain's commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I guess it's it's just like the episode really embodies like what. Tales from the Crypt is. It's like, it's really campy. It really is just going over the top and being like, this is just fun. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, any other drinking game rules for you, Dave? Oh, uh, good old Crypt Keeper with the old puns. Okay, yeah, um, the, the know, pun's uh, a classic. Uh, was it? Uh, he mentions, like, Wolfgang and everything, like, mm-hmm. talking, and then... Uh, is that a, Wolfgang a nice, Puck? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. Tons of celebrities in this, <laughs> uh, you know, in this episode. Even just name drops, yeah, that counts. Yep. Scream, Sherry, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, I have them all written down from the first part too. Uh, but let's see, uh, anything for you, drinking game wise, besides the the ones we already mentioned? Um, I guess every time you see somebody eating a steak. Or when you they show the steaks like prepared unappealing. <laughs> okay, I feel like they're always. They're... I, I was gonna say every time they show like uh, someone getting like a chopping. Okay. Of, of Ooh, meat like chopping motions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. yeah. All right, because the fr- in the very first thing. Okay, let's get into it. So we come into. We're into the did you guys see the story? What's that? We're getting into the meat of the well, story. Well, we're going to get oh into my the God. All right, take a drink. Keeper. That's a drink. Bumps. That's a drink. Everyone take a drink. <laughs> so we get into, we have the intro, classic, love it, talked about it. And then we have um, him unscrewing someone's eyeball. Yeah. And he's mad at this guy. The Crib Keeper, yeah. He's like a sommelier or a, a major D or what? what he's like some, like... He's a snazzy guy. He's in, the guy is... He's a wine the, connoisseur or something the, like that. The Crib Keeper? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's saying stuff. He's like nice wine, or do you think he died from like <laughs> it's uh, locally liver cirrhosis? grown? <laughs> <laughs> he uh, the uh, the bouquet, the bouquet, yeah. bouquet. Oh, bouquet. 
uh, and then as you mentioned earlier, this the scream cherry. Scream cherry. Okay, so you guys know I love Tales from the Crypt. And I love Crypt Keeper. This is prime Crypt Keeper. This is perfect. He is hitting it out it's of the true. park. He's not being over the top. I mean, it is over the top, but like not for him. How about the noise when he pops the eye out and he's just screwing it in? It's great. He's he is a living cartoon character. What and about the moan, like from the guys? Like, the guy. It's almost like he's into it, dude. I would kill for that part. I would love to like. What if that was your cameo? Like, what if you're like, dude, I was on an episode of Tales from the Crypt, and you were like that dude who laid there the whole time, and then got smacked in your belly with a book. Yeah, but I love when he lays that down. Thump bap. Like, sorry, we got to do that twenty more times. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, why is why are your pants rising right now, sir? <laughs> like, belly porn is my favorite thing. Um, so he, he he basically is like, oh, this this uh, this couple finds out that the restaurant industry is a little hard to swallow. I think he says right. <laughs> yeah, and that's when you ejaculated, right? That was was my second time. Yeah, <laughs> by this point, it was just it was actually just partially soft. Cryptkeeper is just on a hitting streak right here. He's just like, bam, bam, Well, that's bam, the thing, bam. yeah. I really feel like they he's he's in the zone. Yeah. Uh, and so we uh, we cut in and we get our billing of cast starting to show up as uh, the credits are rolling in. Yeah. We got the we got the ragtime music cranking. What did you guys think when you saw I mean, because I, I knew who was in it, but like just seeing the names flash, I was like, holy shit. Dude, Christopher Reeve well, and okay. Superman. I was told about this one because you're like, oh, yeah, we're watching some episode that's got meatloaf in it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so I'm like looking for meatloaf at like this episode. And then I'm like, okay, I found the episode. It's called What's Cooking? And then I put on, started to play it. And I was watching it. And as the names came up, I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, oh, shit, Judd Nelson's in this? I was like, dude, the whole thing <laughs> is fucking. Club, right? Judd Nelson? Yeah. yeah. He's from Breakfast Club. He's the badass in Breakfast Club. He, he's been in a ton of shit. Well, he used to be. Oh, I liked right. his performance in this. Yeah, Judd Nelson is charismatic. He is. He is. Uh, I bet he's a dad, too. <laughs> Big time dad. Uh, but no, yeah, so it, it cuts in, and uh, we get to this uh, Christopher Reeves, who's this uh, owner of, um, what's the name of the place? It's a diner. Did you see the it's way they... Squids or Us or something? like? It's no, like, did you see the way it's like... Uh, so what are their names? Some it's, of the letters are faded out. Uh, you, Irma. Did you see what the letters spelled out? Fred and Irma. Oh, God, I know something. Fred and Irma, but it, the letters were edited out. Like, they weren't lit up. Uh-huh. It said Enema. Nice. <laughs> and, the, and, like, literally, it, it is E... Whatever, Enema. Yeah. It, it's, it's great. I loved that joke. I actually didn't catch that till like, the third time I watched this episode. Well, yeah, and it's also what uh, really good scripts do is they have the beginning image juxtaposing the final image. and Very yeah. well done. Yeah, yeah. So this, of course, uh, whenever you are dealing with these Tales from the Crisp episodes, they're all done by, like, Joel Silver, Robert Zemeckis, like, all these really heavy hitter producer types and directors. Steven Spielberg's doing all this stuff. And then you add to a great director, great producers, great cinematography, a great cast of uh, actors. You're like, okay, this is great. And it's so fun. From the beginning, they're like everything's done right, and yeah, it starts off. They're they're working at a diner. Squid that shop. All they sell is squid. Uh, what about the cookbook? The cookbook's crazy. <laughs> squid, squid, and more squid. <laughs> I know. It's like the what is that? Uh, squid or like squid kebab? I was gonna say yeah. From Forrest squid Gump, the stick. Bubba. Yeah, by the way, yeah. isn't squid on a stick and a squeak kebab the same thing? I thought the same thing. Um, also, I noticed a little bit of con- <laughs> or uh, incorrect filming continuity is that i don't know if it's continuity but he's like 
ah, here's the recipe that's going to turn around. And he's like, uh, squid on a stick. And he points and he says, uh, squid and grapefruit sauce. <laughs> so you, the voiceover didn't match up for your taste. No, he's like tapping on the recipe and being like, oh, squid and a stick. And it's not the same thing that he's talking about. There's that's nothing. probably not even the actor's hand. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like a standing so yeah, stand drop- hand. That, the, it, yeah, it, it, it just a irritated thing. me. Uh, like and we come, so we we pan out and we get to see our boy Superman, Christopher Reeve, what wearing a fucking is... red socks hat, baby. Go socks, go socks. Go socks. You and your socks. And it's not just the Boston red socks hat; it's also the flannel. He's digging the Tommy vibe very oh, hard. Oh shit! Not just on. in that scene; in multiple scenes. Okay, I have a theory that he worked <laughs> on set for like one point five days because he wears that suit. Or that get up, and, and then he has like white the, the chef whites, coat, yeah, and that's it the entire time. Like he was clearly like, "What is it? Yeah, whatever. I'll be there for a day." He had to go ride a horse later. Yeah. yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh. He's dead and paralyzed, <laughs> or paralyzed and dead. Sorry, uh, he eats fetuses. It'd be funny if he was dead and then paralyzed. That would be humorous. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he. Uh, what did you guys think of his acting in this episode? Well, I mean, if you could even say it was much acting. I'm used to him being Superman. So yeah. it's just like, to, to, to see him like react in certain, we'll get to the other scenes later when he talks to Meatloaf. But mm. see, as we, I mean, you know, typical working class guy. He wasn't like, you know, he didn't knock out of the park, but, you know, give him a double, I guess. The thing is, is that Superman is a comic book character. So it's appropriate that he's in a comic book adaptation of the show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Big issue with uh, with him here is like, he has the whole thing where his, his wife, played by um, the mom from S- My So-Called Life. Yeah, My So-Called oh, Life. Oh, shit, My So-Called Life. Oh, yeah. My sister loved that show. She looks good, though. Oh, yeah, I know. She's got that, like, you know. She's the same age as my mom. Ow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm like, man, this this chick is banging. I mean, she's she's a good looking lady. She's yeah. got that homely look. She know? she looks attainable. She's great. She plays attainable. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Game of Thrones shit. That's, no, I'm I just could saying, attain her. She's not a knockout. Is <laughs> she, what I'm saying. No offense. No, yeah. You know what I mean. She's not, you know? not for John. Like she and, looks very mom like. You know what I mean. Maybe it's just because she was on my. John's life. just such a babe that he doesn't have to worry about it. Listen, if I was taking anyone home, it'd be Judd Nelson. Ow. So really, yeah. So Fred and he Irma. Look good. Fred and Irma, yeah, they own this shitty uh, squid shop. He's trying to live his dream of spreading squid to the world, just like uh, Colonel Sanders did <laughs> that just with sounds KFC. Sounds so dirty. Yeah, yeah. He he referenced that, and then he also says he wants to be the uh, the the shrimp Baskin Robbins, the Baskin Robbins of squid. Of squid, squid. <laughs> oh my god, I thought that. Yeah, I got that on my notes. That is ridiculous. And of course, you know, his wife's just trying to be supportive, but she doesn't believe in his crazy scheme. And what would you do if your like, significant other who you married is like, I want to open a squid diner. Not like a seafood restaurant, but a squid diner. He is a visionary. That's Take right. a drink, too. That, right. That's a drink. Visionary. I'd be like, can't we get a weird drifter to sweep up after all the non-existent customers? And I love perfect. that. <laughs> so we get introduced to Gaston. Mm, or yeah. Gaston. That's okay. Well, that's all we were thinking of, right? Beauty and the Beast, Gaston. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. No, I had no idea. Yeah, right. No, I'm dead serious. So we kept uh, getting Gaston and Gaston confused. So let's just call him Gaston from now on because yeah, that's what I'm going to keep way. calling him. Wait, no one called Gaston? him that in the episode. Yeah, Gaston. Gaston? Gaston. Yeah. Gaston. Gaston. Yep. So Gaston. 
Let's guest on with this podcast. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we find out he's just a drifter. And I'm like, okay, I can understand why this restaurant is, is you know, hemorrhaging money and not paying rent on time because you're just hiring drifters to bus tables. And he doesn't seem to think it's a very good idea either, the, the squid place. We kind of see that uh, Fred's pride is kind of letting this place fall apart. And then we meet uh, the cop, Phil, yep. comes in and he says he just had a hard day of work with all these... Art Lay? With all the muggers and the killers or something yeah, yeah. like that. Is this Boston, by Who the way? Who you thinking That's of? Weird. I couldn't tell where this place How took place. is Boston? <laughs> it's not that... Well, if it's, it's 1992... Actually, no, 1992, this Boston was really bad. That the was cannibals? The, the crack, yes. <laughs> A lot of people went missing. Uh, there was a one diner that really thrived during the entire time. Well, you guys recognize this cop, right? It's Art Babe Lake. Roof. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's Babe Roof from the from Sandlot. And he's also in Field of Dreams as well. Sandlot? Yeah. Best movie of all time. That's all we... we no, it's not. It's best baseball movie. It is. Movie. It's okay. I just watched it the other night. It's amazing. It's not. Uh, but... This guy's fucking Babe Ruth, baby. So we introduced so, the cop. Now we got the cop. We have Gaston. We got Fred. And we got Irma. These are pretty much the four main players... With the exception of meatloaf, who's coming in soon. Soon. Oh, I can't wait. Meatloaf. So uh, Gaston suggests that they make uh, a barbecue thing that he has. Yes. And basically anything that's not squid. And he's like, Fred, what do you know? You're just a drifter. Yeah. <laughs> right. like, wait, what? Isn't that, wouldn't that be the weirdest thing if your boss are like, you just insulted me, but you hired me. Like, <laughs> I hire you under one condition, that I can constantly bring it up. Yeah. A drifter. I love how, like on his resume, it was like previous work. It's like. Drifter. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, what have you been doing for the last eight years? Uh, panhandling. What do you drifting, like to do? <laughs> vagrancy. Vagrancy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but th- yeah. So he, and he and he's like, anyone can do barbecue, and he he gets mad, and then uh, the cop walks in, and for like two seconds, he's like, yeah, I'm hungry, and they're like, all right, squid sandwich, and he's like, nope, I'm out of here. <laughs> Don't have time for your squid McMuffin. Yeah, what squid. were you thinking? <laughs> you you walk into the squid squid and more squid place, and you're like, maybe uh, what was he like? Maybe let's have the bread. Just give me the bread. I don't want to know. Can we ask our short and spookies out there? Like, if you're really hungry, is the first thing that comes to your mind is a squid sandwich? Okay, let's do a hashtag for it. Uh, hashtag squid sandwich or hashtag no squid sandwich? Yeah, I, I, that works for me. Uh, hashtag. Um, uh, inky or a hashtag stinky? <laughs> hashtag inky sandwich. Hashtag stinky sandwich if you don't want it. The okay. cop enters, says doesn't want a fucking squid McMuffin, and he leaves. And then Fred says, you know what? I'm going to stay here. I got more prep to do. You go ahead and go home, Irma. So Irma leaves with a plate of squid, brings it across the street to Gaston <laughs> with all his homeless friends probably shooting up and giving each other hand jobs. They're uh, shooting the Inca. You're just a drifter, but here's some squid. Yeah, here's some squid. <laughs> and this is kind of where he, like, tries to, I don't know, not put the moves on her, but he kind of no, makes he, it. No, he puts the moves on her, dude. He, he's like, hey, you know, if you... He starts you know, pulling the... Yeah, he, he starts goes, pulling the, like, hey, you know, you should come with me kind of thing. And like, then yeah. he, he offers to give her a ride home. And he goes, it's not safe. No, walk home. Back. Yeah, yeah. So Dr- drifters don't have cars. Well, he's going to walk home with her. He's going to help her get to her house. Uh, and she, like, pulls out a gun out of her that. purse oh, to show yeah. it. And she's like, I got it. I'm good. The casualness that she did that, like. She's like, nah, I got a gun. Yeah, I got a gun. <laughs> For all our international <laughs> listeners out there, yeah. it's like, 
they know things. It's and, Boston. Yeah. And, and we all have guns. Yeah. yeah. 1992 in the United States, like, there are no rules about anything. We all carry guns in our purses. She's like, don't worry, I can kill myself. And I, th- I thought, like, at first it was, like, pepper spray. And then all of a sudden, she's like, no, a fucking handgun. Like, a fucking <laughs> PP90 or something like that. Or, like, a Glock. I'm like, oh, okay. I love when they go, they cut inside and they show... Uh, Fred, Christopher Reeve, prepping food. Because how he's prepping it is this. He's sitting at a table, sitting down, cutting carrots by holding the carrot up and then using a small blade to, like, cut it like this. Like, anybody who knows anything about food prep says this guy's never held a knife before. No, in his Dude, life. no I, I and I'm like, say that was, like, maybe stupid. Is, he's sitting down while yeah, yeah. better sit- stand up. I was like, I you wouldn't on. have to be cutting carrots till one in the morning for a business <laughs> that gets no sales if you know how to fucking chop a carrot. Can we go back uh, one second to something beginning I forgot to mention? Um, how about at the very, very beginning, after he goes away from the book, when she has, she's holding the huge, like, knife behind him. Cleaver. The cleaver. Mm-hmm. And you gotta say it because you're from Boston, kid. Uh, the, she, she's holding the cleaver behind him, and, she's, and he's like, "You know, if you kill me, you have to do all this bullshit." And she fucking shanks it down into the thing next one. It makes the great like ching. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, "Okay, is this foreshadowing?" I thought it was gonna be like it is. What? Well, it's a rare cleaver too. Yeah, remember? it's the metal. Well, no, that's what I mean. I, I was like, "Okay, this is like something." Uh, what's that? What's that term for in film score? Or in film where it's like if they if you show something in Act One, it has to show up in Act Two or Three. It's called like uh, foreshadowing. Chekhov's gun. Yeah, so it's basically where they set something up, then you know it's going to come back later. That's not necessarily a rule, but it's the same type of thing. It's like seeing the rule of threes. If you do it once, it doesn't mean anything. Twice, it's an accident. Three times, it's like a theme. Yeah, and it just again, it's all about the way that. Think so. But this is a relatively tight episode, I'd say. This one's great. They that's what they, they cut all the fat off of this, no pun intended with the what happens nice. here, but uh well because there's a lot of fat coming <laughs> that needs to be cut off. Uh but so our, our, our it, it cuts into our next scene uh, well when he's cutting the carrots and in walks Chumley aka the loaf. What Meatloaf. okay question about this guy. Mm-hmm. Was he from the South? What, like, based on accent at first, outfit, and the way he delivered it, I'm like, what? He seemed like, okay, so Meatloaf is wearing a white suit, and he's got a kerchief that he's mopping his brow like every other word. And it seems like, yeah, he should be like a southern lawyer or he just got off a swamp boat in Florida. Like, or it, a plantation owner. Yeah, he just, yeah, <laughs> or exactly. Or he's discovered dinosaur DNA somewhere. <laughs> or he's been doing coke in his dressing room. <laughs> Clearly, 1992 Meatloaf, yeah. By the way, big, big Meatloaf fan. Oh, really? Mm. Huge. Uh, what's your third favorite Meatloaf song? Um, <laughs> there's I Would Do Anything for Love. Of course, that's the only song I people know. Do. Batter to Hell. Uh-huh. Uh, I literally have like I'm not lying. I have a signed Meatloaf CD. So your third favorite Holy song shit. is? Oh, um, I, I like. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm trying to think what actually would be my third one. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know that song from Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> uh, two out of three ain't bad. Um, two Paradise by the good, that's a good song. Paradise by the dashboard light dashboard lights. Um, I can keep going if you want. Oh yeah, the whole yeah, entire first one. Gotta, I, I literally will fan. fight you right now if you try and say that I'm not a Meatloaf fan. I'm not saying that you're not a Meatloaf. I used fan. to literally put on okay. Little little Tommy Tommy, me and my siblings would all make like cut out cardboard uh, instruments and would lip sync over the Meatloaf albums to like my family friends or like my my family's my brother's friends and sister's friends. And I was always lead. I was Meatloaf. 
Were you lead vocals? You had a cutout cardboard like mic and everything. No, we had like a fake mic. My my dad mm-hmm. would do music stuff back in the day, so he, he had like a microphone. But I would make like a cutout guitar, cutout bass, oh, and I that. would be lead singer. And my friends, my sister's friends to this day, Kelly McCowan, shout out, I've shout out before. She sure. would literally, she still to this day would be like, "What's up, Meatloaf?" Because <laughs> I would like fucking like go down in front of my, on my knees in front of her and be like, "Terrible." And I, love song. That's a good song. <laughs> that's Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. It's a great song. Da, 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 da. That's the one skill that stop right there. Hell yeah. Meatloaf, I thought was killing it. He did a really good job. I, I couldn't tell what his character's supposed to be, though. Like I said, like I'm like did that whole thing with like the if yesterday was today that, that I'd be paid by now. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. It didn't make a whole lot of sense, but and it wasn't that threatening, but it was kind of fun to like be like, is this guy know he's being weird? I wish we had the thing we could act it out between well, us. The I've only seen him in Rocky Horror Picture Show and then Fight Club. I don't really know what else I've seen him act in, but compared to those two roles, I thought he did a really good job. Yeah, yeah. He's got a great set of pipes. You know what? I'm a little disappointed. I gotta say that he wasn't in more of the episode. No. What? Well, spoiler alert. Why didn't they make meatloaf out of him? Did they suggest it at one point? No, they didn't. I thought, okay. But I was like, I feel like it was a real missed opportunity. Do you think one of the writers in the room was like, Meatloaf, we got to make it, and and maybe either he squashed it. He's like, I'm trying to get away from this role. (laughs) He's like, Bad Out of Hell 2 was okay. Uh, By the way, the album covers for Bad Out of the Hell 1 and 2. Crazy good. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, No, Meatloaf. Yeah. Meatloaf's character's name is Chumley, and he's basically like, yeah, I need this money that you owe me with the three months back pay of rent, and you said you are going to pay me this yesterday, and not only did uh, Fred Christopher Reeves not do this, but he also didn't think that this guy was going to come and be like, yo, where the fuck's my money? And he, uh, yeah, so he's like, all right, tomorrow I'm coming back with an eviction notice and different locks, and by the way, your cooking's terrible. I don't blame him for that. No, that's not like a low blow. It's completely appropriate critique to say. Meatloaf should have been the main character in this. Well, he's definitely the antagonist. Uh, he like basically says, "Yo, you're not a great cook," and Fred loses his shit. Dude, like that was the thing too. And he just just you see Christopher Reeve just get angry and crazy and he calls him a um, like, you son of you fat son of a bitch you fat yeah. son of a bitch and then he runs up to him and gets like like slightly cuts him on the yeah, on the yeah. hand it's 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 pretty much it's exactly like, a slap on the wrist but with like a knife loosely held in your hand he's like, very, oh i'm sorry sorry and he's like you're crazy and yeah fucking... he chases he he walks outside after him and chumley's like you see their altercation kind of spills mm-hmm. out on the street and you see gaston watching with his homeless homies and they're <laughs> i like this homeless homies in the back by the way, yeah, they, like like they were like passing around food Crack too. Pipes, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there's Passing another story squid. I want to hear. Yeah, hey, man. Uh, I just liked how he his character goes like so like from being this muted person the entire time, like mm-hmm. it's gonna work and work, and all of a sudden he's like, ah, 100 different, and then instantly back to being like, I don't know what got over me, and he says that a couple times throughout the episode. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know what came over me, and, and then I started being like, oh shit, he's like. Truly, the, the the sociopath in this movie, where he's like, one thing I appreciated is that when I was watching it, I really didn't know where the story was going to go. Really? I knew I knew that something 
funny was going to happen. I was pretty sure that somebody was going to get chopped up or something like that was going to happen, but I didn't know exactly what or who or why. Yeah. Well, I knew it was going to be I, so- I saw. I saw. I mean, that's a classic twist what happens. Or not even twist, just the uh, storyline. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, and He's like... Uh, Fred goes back home, and he, he, he goes to find Irma, and she's like got all sexy for him mm, she is fucking horny all she did was he's like what the hell is that perfume <laughs> <She's> like, yeah <laughs> like she didn't put on any like sexy clothes or like makeup and she's like "Ooh, i'll put on some fragrance <laughs> how terrible is their sex life do you think where like just the fact that she doesn't smell like fucking squid is enough for her to uh for him to be fucking turned on he's like whoa you don't stink like dead squids yeah <laughs> let me just lay on top of you for a minute isn't that funny that like he's probably like not turned on by that <laughs> like he's like you don't smell like squid i'm not fucking horny at all anymore like i want you to smell like what your pussy smells like <laughs> i mean you're eating that much squid all the time well yeah so he so oh, he, his cum must taste terrible <laughs> <laughs> you speaking from experience over here what's happening doesn't taste like squid <laughs> I, ate, I ate squid for a week and then tasted my own cum yeah <laughs> just oh, that's interesting sure. yeah Pineapple. That's yeah, I'll use the, that for the next drop. Oh, God. <laughs> this podcast is done. But uh, Chris Reeve starts having doubts like, well, about... about like, well, he does. He does. Yeah, so, I, I, like you were saying, Tommy, where he is kind of uh, admits, he's like, hey, something happened, uh, and he kind of gives a half-truth to Irma. He says, yeah, Chumley came by, and he was asking about the money, but I don't have it. And instead of her being, like, legitimately pissed off, like, what the fuck, you should have had this three months back rent, she's just, like, supportive. She's like... Don't worry, I'm in this with you. I love you and all he, this stuff. He wants to double down yeah. and go into the pork business. The pork business now. He's like, it's the white meat, the other white meat. <laughs> that was, I think, that was probably the advertising campaign that was on TV at the time. Right? Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. Absolutely. I saw the commercial, honey. So uh, we cut back to the diner. It's the next morning, uh, and Irma and Fred come in, and they're like, "Well, we gotta close this shit up. Like, you know, Chumley's gonna be by today, but Gaston, it's already in there." Evidently, he has a key. Away. Yeah, he's got a key. He's wiping down tables and chairs. Is and Chumley um, a, a play on the words of like chum? For it, like fish it food? might be. I don't My, know. I, I would say I would go for yes, honestly, because like it wasn't on IMDb, but you know maybe it was something that like yeah they thrown in. There. I don't think it's a very common he's, name. Yeah. His acting in this that scene with her though is not great. Right before he goes back to the restaurant, like he's like. He's like, for, he's like, we'll take your credit card, get that last little bit of money, we'll invest in this, and and then he's like, yeah, if you want to, he, he changes his tone zero percent, and he's like, I go over and oh, if you want to leave me right now, it's fine, I don't mind, and then she comes over and she's like, oh, I'm married to you, so I love you through thick and thin, and then she's like, but also you owe me a fucking ass load of money. I was like, that would not be a great if you if you're there from your girl, you're like, oh fuck. I don't know if I want to pay you back because then you're going to fucking leave me. Definitely feel for her. <laughs> Strong possibility. Yeah. Should so they're, uh, you know, uh, we uh, come back into the episode. They're, uh, you know, he's, Chris Reeve is stressing out. He's, you know, um, Gaston is cleaning everything, looking good. And he's uh, he's worried about what's going to happen next. The Chumley's coming by. And, and guess uh, who comes through the door? Our friend Phil. Phil yeah. the cop. Fill the cup. And he's so hungry, he can actually go for a squid sandwich. Ugh. But um, what's-her-face isn't, isn't... Irma goes to the fridge. <laughs> well, they're like, we only have coffee. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, shitty yeah. diner. 
Exactly. <laughs> they go to look in the fridge, and then uh, the, she's like, what is this? Freshly cut steaks and eggs? It's uh, sitting right on top of the eggs. It's <laughs> the only thing in the fridge. Like, <laughs> why would it, sli- two, like, what, like, cuts and everything like that? Like, two Why steaks? would you put them on top of the eggs, too? No, yeah. So Gaston's like, oh, I hope you don't mind. I decided to take some initiative, and I have a friend who's a meat distributor. I got some steaks, and... Uh, I have a secret supplier, and also these steaks are seasoned with secret old world seasoning. Old world. <laughs> You've heard of old bay seasoning, yeah. Even in like 1992, no one said like old world. Seasoning. Yeah, <laughs> only fucking creepy drifters. It's uh, old world True. seasoning is actually no seasoning, according to when I see those steaks on the on the flat top. Uh, they, yeah, so she's like the guy's like oh. Steak and eggs. Yeah. Sounds yeah. great. And honestly, I, about that, like that, because of this episode, I'm all about steak and eggs. Honestly. Steak and eggs is great. Wasn't mm-hmm. until this episode. I hate steaks and I hate eggs. <laughs> and now you love them. Um, yeah, so she like just literally just puts them on the flat top. I get that great thing. I love when you see an egg go splash into a pan or, or into a flat top. I like they do the little close up. Start sizzling. Start sizzling. Um, and then for whatever reason, uh, the scent of these things, like, brings people through the store like crazy. Later. Yeah, ten seconds later, yeah, they're just like two ladies like, oh, walk what's in. That smell? <laughs> two ladies walk in, and okay, there I had two reactions. This like having. exactly <laughs> great for business. If I was a server, like if I just was a server in this restaurant, mm-hmm. I would be so pissed off. I was like table for two, and I'm, like they're sitting down, and they're like, oh, I'll have two of those. I'm like, you haven't sat down and like looked at the menu. Like that's so rude to do. Well, I, so the two ladies come in, they go, I'll take whatever you have. I thought one of those ladies was Dolly Parton. I was like, who are these <laughs> those, ladies? Those Tito's? One of those ladies looks like, I don't know, super familiar. It was weird. She had some big old chest meat. They're hanging out in the wrong part of the neighborhood. Uh, the I just love... Um, so while they're So while the cop, Phil, is sitting there watching his steak cook, he's like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, you know, we found uh, Chumley's car. Isn't he like your landlord or something? We found his car... And, like, there's blood all over his car, and we found an empty wallet. Like, do you know anything about that? And Christopher Reeves just has to, like, play cool, but he's obviously like, Oh, what? Freaking out, freaking Whoa. out, freaking out. <laughs> uh, no. And, and uh, I love how he's, like, this cop who's, like, a detective, possibly? Who knows? And, and he's like, he's yeah, I'm just going to tell, tell you all the fucking facts of all my crimes that are going on right now. Nothing, uh, you know, against protocol to do that. That's fine. It's fine. Nothing's wrong. Cop. No, yeah. Well, he's there. Like, you think everything's cool. Uh, but then we see Gaston mopping his brow with the same kerchief uh, that Chumley had. They, so, Fred, go ahead. They had a, they had a close-up, like, when Chumley and Christopher Reeve, like, had that confrontation, they had a close-up of him putting his, you know. It's the same thing we were talking about before, where the, you, you show something. Handkerchief, yep. yeah. So he, uh, Fred's like, okay, I got to go figure this out. He takes Gaston in the back, and he's like, where'd you get that handkerchief? And he's like, oh, uh, Chumley gave it to me. And he's like, you're lying. And he goes, what? How could you accuse me of lying? And then from out in the dining room, Herma's like, we need more steaks. Like, more people are, like, filing in through the door, like, holy shit, we can't keep up with all this. I kind of want to go there. I would go there, I think. But you would fully look at all the menu before you ordered it. Yeah, I would. <laughs> you just order like, hey, I'll have it. He's at And I would give a, a really nice tip. <laughs> to Irma? Um, <laughs> so. Oh, that face. I saw that. <laughs> no, no, tip rescinded. So uh, in the back, uh, 
Gaston's like, okay, cool, I'll grab some more steaks. And he's like, here, Fred, why don't you hold the freezer door for me? And they go into the freezer, and then you see that... Naked meatloaf. Those Dude. steaks were not from a secret supplier. They were from the buttocks. Yeah, they were meatloaf's from like loafy meats. Yeah. <laughs> Meat got loaf. I can't believe how little he was in this episode as far as like acting. I, I, like when when Dave was like, yeah, what this episode I saw meatloaf, I was like, hell fucking yeah. And then I still was excited, but I was like, oh, we don't yeah, see any more of like our weird southern land owner <laughs> guy landlord and then, i don't know i was bummed out it was it was it's too bad he wasn't anymore. do you love how easily he chops a steak out of his ass he yeah he chops like a perfectly like proportion like the steaks like, you know, are like half inch two steak. and a half inches mm-hmm. thick those like ribeyes yeah they're ridiculous <laughs> gaston takes the nice chunky piece of meat out of that booty uh, do you think they, they went with the, do you think someone got like the booty hole itself? <laughs> That's charged a like, oh, this one tastes like a dirty penny. Is that normal? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I like my steaks. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, yeah, so. Why is this one winking at me? So when Fred sees the Chumley's body all butchered up and hanging there in the freezer, he's appalled, but he's very quickly, uh, I don't know, calm down, whatever you want to say. Like, Be- hey, we're making money. We got customers. Yeah, Gaston is a smooth talker. He's just basically turns I mean, it from... The, those brown eyes, you can't say no to that. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you. not going to argue. <laughs> well, he goes... Uh, he basically turns uh, Fred on his side by saying, Listen, Fred, what are you going to do? I have no motive for killing this dude. Only you do. And you know what? And your wife is the one serving it. So we're not going to tell anybody. Yeah. It, and in and fact, you were, it, now we're going to go into business and I'm going to take 50%. I was like, damn, this dude's this a dude's salesman. Fucking, how is this guy a drifter and not like the president of our country right now? <laughs> what if he did the same thing for like KFC? He like murdered a bunch of people and said it was chicken. That's how. That's how. Yeah, he's he actually just, the colonel. He drifts from like fast food establishment oh to God. diners to whatever and like helps them. By serving meat. By serving human meat. Oh, that'd be great. That's, uh, a, cool show. That's a cool show in, in itself. Right diners, there. drive-ins, and dives, but... Dribble D. <laughs> Driners, Driners? Diners, drive-ins, and deaths. Diners, drive-ins, and dads. Oh, <laughs> dads. That's a porn channel probably somewhere. Uh, so we, we, we get this freezer talk, as I call it. And he, like, gets kind of blackmailed into it, which he's very good at doing. Um... And at the end of the night, they make a whopping fifteen hundred dollars. Dude, that, yeah, Dang, they got fifteen hundred bucks. Nineteen ninety-two. That's hella bank. That's probably like, <laughs> I mean, I can do the numbers in a little bit, but that's probably like five, four thousand dollars now. That's crazy, cause yeah, who knows what they were charging? But for. I love how they're three months back on rent, and they just have like a day, like a normal busy day. Yeah, and well, they're they're she, like we're we're good. Well, she says like this is what it feels like to work in a restaurant, cause she's like. You know, finally, by now, like, it took long enough. God, she's so broken by him. Well, so, this, they, we just saw earlier of uh, Meatloaf hanging in the freezer. Now they go back in the freezer, and it's just a head with, like, a rib cage. How it, about that special effects? That was really awesome. Good. Still I, good to this day. It, yeah, it, the practical effects were wonderful. But again, this made me think the same thing about, you're talking about his asshole. Like, who <laughs> ate all this? Like, do they serve the his dick? The dick's gone. The dick is gone. All his like, what if Meatloaf skin... just doesn't have a dick, and that's why he would do anything for love, but not but that. he won't do that because he can't actually have sex. 
I love that. Yeah, I've been waiting for it the entire time. That's Sorry. a good one. I had that one loaded up. So now everybody's got, they're all on the same page. Like, you know what? We're going to do a three-way uh, restaurant. We're going to call it Gaston Fred and Irma's Steakhouse. And it's the next day, or whenever it is, I don't know if they how how much time has elapsed, but they now are dressed in chef's get-ups. Dude, yeah, the Christopher Reeves, like, he's got the hat and everything. Well, she also wanted to celebrate one day after they made all the money, and it's like... He's like, no, I have to do prep. That's his excuse, always doing prep. Well, she wanted to pop that bottle, and she's like, let me go in the freezer. She's like, I put on... wine, come on. Like, I'm like some fragrance. You guys are three months behind on rent in a place that's either Boston, like New York, Chicago kind of looking place. Watch, she's like been throwing away all the rent money by like paying drifters to blow him in the restaurant after hours. Yeah, that would be a Gaston. great Gaston. <laughs> Gaston's like, all right, let's get this over with. Um, but yeah, so there was a great scene where like the restaurant's popping. Like everyone is ordering yes, the they, food, and you can yeah. tell it's all like different variants of human flesh. Yeah. Uh, well, do you see the guy with the blonde mullet? They, yeah. So they show people from all walks of life. <laughs> yeah, they got old ladies, they got young kids, they got all these different people all eating meat, and they're all like super happy. They got a, a, a food critic in house um, who's there to, to taste this. Uh, he's ordering seconds or something? Yeah, he asked yeah. for seconds. Yeah. Did you see the sides, by the way? Like, there's like baked potato and like canned green beans. Just yeah, it was not. Just like it was very. Mm, it was diner mm, fare. Yeah. But this is when I saw all the food and it was all burnt up, and I was like, "Dude, all this food's overcooked." And you know what it made me think of? Overcooked the video game. And I was like, "Wouldn't that be fun to do a scary version where you cook humans?" Oh yeah, or like a Halloween version of Overcooked. That is a fun game. Yeah. And uh, yeah, why don't you send them an email? Hey, shut up. Um, <laughs> but uh, is this around, this is around when he tries the food himself. Yeah. Okay, I want to talk about this. Okay, so imagine you're at the diner, right? You're like, oh, this new, new, new steak spot and everything like that. And then, like you go there, you, know, you order your steak and everything like that. And then you see like the chef like cooking the steak and he like, like just, you know, he's, like, th- he's like thinking about it, but he's just like, whatever, yeah, yeah. But he uses a big fork and he's just like, imagine the guy cooking your steak and he's just like, just like eating it, you know. He's just he, he's just like eating the food like right off the flat top off and the, everything. It's off the flat top, kind of weird, yeah. You know, and you know? also, he like uh, thinks about it. Like he hesitates a couple of times. You're like, you oh, I don't know if I want right over his shoulder. Like, yeah, do it. I would. I actually would be like, I'm staying here for the rest of the night. I, I'm probably gonna get killed, but I want to see what goes down with these guys. Like, these guys are either have like a secret relationship behind behind uh, the wife's back or. There's something going on, because that was like for Gaston, that was, Gaston, that was like a big commitment for him. Like he's like, I need to see this guy eat the flesh, because the wife ate it early on. Well, one of the things I really enjoy about this was when he puts the meat into his mouth. It's like he just did a bump of coke. He's like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's so good. I'm gonna be so rich. Yeah, we're gonna be rich. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's like, like getting this all is delicious. Yeah, he's getting like super coked up, like. And I was like, that's such a fun, like, thing to be like, not only do people who eat flesh eat flesh, but they also get off on it. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't know what that's like. Getting off, yeah. We've established that. You do not get off. <laughs> <laughs> so Fred finally eats the steak. He gets all excited about it. And Isn't we there sh- a fun wife joke? Uh, well, no, Phil shows up. Yeah, Phil shows up. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, Phil shows up, and he's all like, 
you know, the wife wonders why I don't like eat at home anymore, you know, kind of thing. Like, I thought he's gonna be like, it's because you're so damn fat or something like that, or like, it's like your pussy smells like shit. <laughs> pussy smells like squid. Uh, and, and no, he's like, no, if I, if you're, you know, if the if her cooking tasted like this. I'd, I'd never leave home. And I'm like, okay, now you are becoming world's worst cop because it's like, at, well, okay, we'll talk about this at the end. But <laughs> It's like my wife wants to know why I don't eat dinner at the house anymore. So I slapped her around and came over yeah. here. <laughs> I pistol whipped her. Shut up. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then he does again. He's like world's worst cop again where he says, uh, he's like, yeah, so that uh, your landlord... We, we think we know what's going on now. There was a metal in the blood, an alloy. An alloy in his blood. That is so rare that it's like been discontinued, but it's only for these select knives. And We'll find them. Don't worry. And I'm like, does that happen when someone gets stabbed? That like, Wouldn't you think that if you're stabbing someone with a knife, the blood that is touching the knife is going to bleed out of the body? Oh, I guess they could pull it up like... This is why you're not a cop. Like, how good is their fucking, like, forensics? CSI team or forensics? Yeah, they're 1992. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like the other half of this episode is the first 48 hours. Of right. I'm like, hold on, we found this cop. They're, they're a cop who eats a squid sandwich, like, every few days. Great job, buddy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, again, he's, he's, he's giving away way too many facts, and this is when Christopher Reeves starts really sweating a little bit. He gets bit. nervous, but, you know, goes throughout the rest of his day, and then, again, the, the day's over, they're counting their till, they got a bunch of cash in the register. They got, like, almost $8,000. $2,850. Nope. 7000 Oh, This one's the seventh. I can't read. <laughs> but they better think about, um, but also the wife says, we better think about expanding. Jesus. Christ. I mean, again, I don't know how long. Like, like, okay, they've had meatloaf. A lot of meat you can get off there. But even if we've seen the the, the body from the first scene, we they seeing went him. through them in one day. Yeah, and so then we're assuming that he picked up another body of some sort. He killed someone else. What's the timeline in this? Like, they've been three months in in debt on rent, and they've had like what two or three good days. And she's like, "We gotta expand. This is it." <laughs> I'm like, I think she's the problem in this situation. Well, they okay, so they had enough time and money to get not only these chefs' outfits, I love those, but also for a word of mouth to get around to have a food critic in there. And they also had new neon light up signs. So, however yep. long, at least a day to make that sign. Um, and this is one of my favorite creepy scenes is when so there it's after night. This is when Gaston is like goes over to her purse. Takes yeah, he her gat. Takes her fucking gat. Takes the gun. Uh, and then he follows her back because they get into an argument. And it that that was creepy. It's like all dark. And she's like about to close the door and he like puts his hand in and like stops it. And she's like, oh, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. I'm like, how is that not going to scare someone? <laughs> and he basically is like just trying to get some puss puss. He says he followed her home, and he goes, I'm really worried about Fred. And he basically explains the whole situation they had worked out, but he puts it on Fred's shoulders. It's that classic thing of where it's like the person is trying to do the little switcheroo and being like, oh, I'm worried about this person that you are with, but I'm really trying to assert myself into his spot, basically. The old bait and switch. Yeah, the old bait and switch. Um, And you think it works for a second. Well, yeah, so he goes, I think I'm worried about uh, Fred. Uh, he was not only murdering all these people, he told me to keep it quiet, but I'm worried about him. He took your gun out of uh, your purse when you weren't looking, and he's over at the restaurant now, and he said he's going to kill himself. But don't worry, I'm going to go save him. 
So he sets off to uh, the diner, and she runs over to her purse just to make sure that the gun's not in there. And she's like, oh, shit, it's not. And uh, then we cut over to the diner to uh, see Gaston entering into a quiet, shaded, dark diner. I love this when he's like, where are you? He's like, I'm in the back. And he like walks in. They all in gonna like, have to watch. They all have to watch. Shout out to the boys. Um, Gaston walks in and he's like clearly trying to set up this thing where he's gonna shoot. Uh, he's gonna shoot our Fred and set it all up. And then you know he's obviously when you shoot someone's husband, the wife has to leave them for you, and he'll take the restaurant. But what do you guys think of the lighting when he walked in? The like the red lighting from the the, the like the heat lamp action. Did he? I, I like when he walked in and he's like he's got the gun in his hand, and he's like, uh, "Hey, where are you at, Fred?" And he's like, "I'm in the back." That's when I first was like, "Oh, this is gonna be a a a, a reverse bait and switch, basically." Oh shit, you got that? I did. Yeah, mm. I just it, it, like I we watch enough of these shows where I think that. Um, I catch on to when they're like, oh, you think this is going to happen? But no, it's really going to be a different version of that switcheroo kind of thing. What did you, did you see the twist coming here? Again, I didn't see any twist. I knew that something bad was going to happen to Judd Nelson. Yeah. But I didn't know what the twist was going to be. It's Judd Apatow Nelson is his full name. Yeah. I was like, because again, I was like, I knew somebody was going to be killed and eaten. I was like, was it meatloaf? But I was like. Is Meatloaf going to come back to life as a zombie? I don't know. Is Ooh, the cop fun. is the cop going to be working with Chumley as the other slumlord? Like, was Gaston and his wife in it the whole time? Like, you don't know what the twist is. You just knew that something's going to happen. So I didn't know. I didn't have my finger on exactly what it was going to be until it was all said and done. Um, but yeah, when he entered in this scene, having uh, Christopher Reeves call from off camera, "I'm back here," it's like clearly he's luring him back there. Um, so yeah, I definitely got that. Did you, did you guys like the, um, when he like walked to the door towards the freezer, like the pan, the classic, I'm like, oh man, this guy's going to get panned in the head. Like the classic, like, boing. Yeah. Like, it's know. a great bit. Frying pan, big miss. Our boy's got some, uh, some good reaction. He, he's, he dumps out and then we have a, like a, a little funny fight, which has got the best like fake punching noises. It's got the classic, like, like the Indiana Jones style. Yeah. Um, and the gun is like the one they're, it's the thing they're fighting over. Yeah. So he pulls the gun out, uh, and he sticks it in, uh, Chris Reeves mouth and he's like, how about I blow your fucking head off? And I was like, damn, all right. This is like, you know, pretty, go. yeah, this is some intense shit. This is exactly playing it the way, instead of like, I had a pop you a new one, wise guy. It's just yeah. like, I'm going to blow your fucking head off. You want a metal head, sandwich or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of being goofy, it was like, all right, it's pretty real. I like the way they played that. And then as he's about to shoot him, you hear Irma, uh, enter the diner bling, bling. and he goes, all right, well, I'm going to re-strategize and instead of just blowing your head off, it's going to be, you guys were fighting. And it's that classic thing of the, the bad guy, like telling their story, like, like giving their hand away. Monologuing. Monologue. Um, yeah. So, so to wrap it up, she walks in and she's got a big old cleaver, that same cleaver from before, and she uh, she she basically walks up to him and he tries to shoot her after he realizes that like she doesn't believe him, um, and lo and behold, that gun's been empty. He won't let her put bullets in that gun. Fred won't let Irma. What's her name? Irma. Irma won't let Irma put bullets in that gun. Isn't that so funny? 
Like, well, so yeah, what the so she was wise to Gaston's plan because Gaston's like, oh yeah, Fred's she calls, got your gun, and because she never keeps it loaded, that was her indication that. Yeah, that that this is the lie. Something's afoot. Something's a little fishy here. A little mm-hmm. squiddy. A little squiddy. <laughs> yeah. Something's a little tentacly. <laughs> God. <laughs> I told you to close those browser tabs. <laughs> yeah, they're still open. Uh so yeah, uh, what is uh what do they do? They decide to uh they're gonna take some vigilante diner justice, but then Phil comes in. Uh-huh. Oh, Phil. And the and, and, the, and our, our Gaston tries to like Plead. Yeah, he Plead, just blames, doubles down. Yeah, because, like, they they did it all kind of bullshit, you know? And you can tell, th- at this point, you know what's going down. He goes, you know, I would help you, but I've developed a taste. Mm. It, and this is, like, nothing unusual in this genre, either. No, yeah. But it's very well done. Yeah. Uh, they had, uh, he goes, not only do I develop a taste for eating human flesh, I'm about to retire. I need to stay busy. He talked about it earlier. He's like, man, the, the, the people, the muggers in this town, I'm about to retire early. I don't blame him. So we ended up, basically the end of it is uh, they all are like, all right, we're going to cook you. Let's need some new goes, human flesh. How does Farley's flame broiled sound? <laughs> Doesn't sound bad to me, to be honest. So they, the, the Fred I thought and Irma it, I, go, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make you our next partner. I thought it should have been uh, Farley's face broiled. Well, that what they do is, yeah, once they say, okay, uh, we're going to have you in as our next partner, and we're going to kill Gaston, and they push his face against the grill and start sizzling it up. Yep. And, and you're led to believe that he's the next body. And Cue the ragtime music. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, it fades out, and you see the sign where it like flickers out the... the um, Gaston's name. Gaston's name flicks out, which is a great touch. I love that. And that goes back to what we were talking about the first, second, and thirds, where you mentioned earlier. It's like, oh, sweet. It's a part from the beginning that's ending, and it's showing how things have changed. Um, and we go back to our lovely little shrunken, shriveled man, uh, who still is dealing with Hans Molman. Hans Molman, who's 28 years old. Um, yeah, he, uh, he's like got a tap. Yeah, he's which like, is ironic, a coincidental the because the we have a we have a beer on tap at the the studio here, and when I got here today. The tap, the the keg had leaked all over the place, and I dealt with the whole fucking mess of bullshit. It sucked. There's, it smells like beer in here. The only pun that I uh, really enjoyed from the end was where he goes flesh in the pan instead of a flash in the pan. <laughs> he said safe face. Yeah, too. talk about a flesh in the pan. Yeah, I mean, there's a few, <laughs> but I thought that one was pretty good. I don't know. Butcher money. Yeah. yeah but yeah, he puts a little like like knob in a dude's head and like pours out. Brain goo? It looks like white? I don't know. On the, like, you know, to piggyback from your bad puns, we also have, like, save face and restaurant and peace. Restaurant and peace, <laughs> I like that, yeah. It's like, but the, uh, that, that is also really fun. Like, that is what he is supposed to be. I know, yeah. I love it. And it's it. better. We've watched such horrible ones. We've watched ones where there's no puns. Like, yeah. I told what? you, there's one, I forget which one we watched, but I was like, I swear to God, there's, like, Two puns, and they're, like, really trying. It's trying, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that was our episode. Of What's cooking? What's cooking? All right, let's wrap it up, and we'll do our Creepy Crawlers references. Woohoo! Creepy Crawlers! Um, 
you know how this works, but for anyone listening for the first time, we we make a, a rating of these from zero to ten. Creepy crawlers zero being the worst, ten being the best. You can give a straight number, or you can give a, a fraction of a number. And you can also tell us why you, you can, want to give this number. You can talk about it. You can give your summation of your thoughts. You can say what your younger version of yourself would have thought. You can do whatever you want. This podcast is not good, so you can do whatever you want. We're not going to hate on you for that. Do you want to go first? You'll make yeah, it sure, better. I'll go first. Um, shit, man. Like, you know, like basically this episode was basically this episode was not the creepiest or the crawliest. But Ooh. I will say it just it just touches on that like uh, it puts the finger on the pulse of what like you know like what is like you know creepy the whole tells from the crypt thing. But I would I would give it a hard seven. A hard honestly. seven. A hard seven. Where like you know it's not like you know it's not like oh my god like you know it's so creepy. It's 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 not scary at all. But it's creepy and crawly in the fact that, like, you know, just the whole eating people factor. As a fan of jump scares, did you have any jump scares from this episode? Zero jump scares. No jump scares. That was a thing. Maybe I should put it down lower or something like that. And not to say that this episode is, like, you know, like, it's terrible. This is the highest rated episode of of this show of all time. Damn. You know? So I would... Honestly, I'll take it back. I'll keep it at a solid six. Just like as a, it's a good intro to like what Tales from the Crypt is and the whole concept of the idea. And I, you know, for me being scaredy cat Dave, like no scaredy cat situations. So, you know, but again, you know, the whole eating people factor, really cool. Yeah. Loved it. They did a good job of, 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 of a genre and a story thing that's like kind of tried and true and been done a lot of like a lot of times. But uh, they did an interesting way of doing it. Johnny, you want to go next? Uh, yeah, sure. Trash man? Yeah. Uh, I love trash. I love the Crypt Keeper. Would I say this is the highest rated episode of Tales from the Crypt? Maybe if we were only talking about Crypt Keeper bits. Because I thought Crypt Keeper was... Crypt Keeper was killing it. He was fucking Solid. killing it. Constantly killing it. He must have been hanging with the Watchmen. One of the things that I think that uh, Tales from Crypt does a lot, and it makes it so that way you don't care who dies, is that they make everybody a piece of garbage. However, this episode, I think they did something a little different where they made everybody really likable. So I liked all the characters that were in this. So instead of hoping that they all died and not caring, I was actually rooting for everybody, which is a fun, you know, change of pace for some of these episodes. Um, I also liked that it did have, you know, the comic relief, which is always enjoyable with these episodes. Um, they definitely, the levity, you know, mixed with the violence, mixed with sometimes, you know, the sexuality of it, it was really what made... Tales in the Crypt and watching something on HBO late at night so fun and, you know, felt so, you know, naughty to do. <laughs> uh, so I kind of wonder also how much of this was changed from the original comic strip. I don't probably, I'm assuming that they probably weren't working in a squid shop. So that was a little bit of, uh, I think, fun that the writers had with it. Um, I enjoyed watching it. It was enjoyable, but I wouldn't say it was a total blast. I would have liked to see a little bit more violence from it. You know, if there was a supernatural factor, I think would have brought it up more. And I really wish I could give it higher than this, but I'm going to have to just give it a seven. Seven? Yeah. Damn. It's not bad. Uh, no, it's great. I had a lot of fun watching this. However, there are other tales in the crypt that I that I just feel like bring it home, man. Just yeah. Just bring a tear to my little eye. My little brown eye. <laughs> I was just going to say, what, what, what eye is that? 
It's winking at me still. Um, all right, so my thoughts are going to echo similar to both of you uh, fine gentlemen, but um, I, I thought it's a fun concept, and they did a very good execution to um, a very classic story of people being fed flesh with human flesh without knowing about it. And, of course, they end up getting addicted to it kind of thing. Um, the acting was good. I didn't actually think Christopher Reeves was too great. He kind of is a little emotionless. Um, uh, that being said, I did enjoy, like, the way they kind of executed everything like that. Um, there's a lot of, like, uh, the good versus the bad. Like, there's a lot of things where it's, like, the the black versus the gray where Gaston is the black and Christopher Reeves is not exactly the good guy either. So that's kind of a fun thing. I like doing it. And I also liked how they had showed how at the beginning the gun was going to be the thing that played out at the end being like the deciding factor of how he kind of was his own downfall. Um, the meat didn't look good. <laughs> the Everything else was okay. But I actually really enjoyed it. Hey. How did that meatloaf look? Meatloaf looked great. I would uh, I would eat that steak uh, bad out of hell. I would eat it uh, two out of two out of three times. Ain't bad with that meatloaf. <laughs> All right. Okay. See. Got I got him. Yep. Got him. Um, but that being said, I actually really enjoy this one. I think part of it, my score is going to go up one whole uh, creepy crawler based on the uh, the, the crib keeper. What? It's going to be eight out of ten for me. Wow. It's a fun episode. I, it was a really you fun know? episode. It was it was goofy. It Absolutely knew what it was. Too. It was self-conscious about itself. It it was like the the whole the beginning with the with the sign change with the enema sign and then at the end when it when uh what's his name? Uh when Gaston's fucking sign fades out. I thought that was really fun. It, it was very self-conscious and that's what you have to be with a show like this. I don't like when they try too hard. Well, that was our review of that uh episode of Tales from the Crypt. Very great. We do have some other final business to take care of, though. Yeah, let's get into that. We do like to answer emails here at the podcast sometimes, and we have one today, which I think actually is going to be kind of fun. Uh, this one is from Tim C. I won't, again, say his name, but he, uh, to put it in layman's terms, he says he's a big fan. He's actually a shorty fan. Shorty. Yeah, they all are. Oh, no, they're not. <laughs> they hate you. Uh, he's a shorty fan, and he was just, he asked, he's like, Tommy brings up the fact that he uh, was scared a lot and plays the new uh, video game called Dead by Daylight that is very scary. Were there games that you played growing up that scared you? Best of love. Oh. So uh, let's turn it over to our scaredy cat in house. You got anything off the top of your head? Did you play any uh, games from the back in the day that scared you? You're about our age, right? You're, yeah. You're an 86er? 86er, all the way. John's like a, a 72er, so. Oh, um. I'd have to go uh, off the top of my head. Resident Evil Two. Oh like, yeah, it, it, like zomb- zombie games. You play that game. uh, remaster that just came out? No, I haven't. Oh. I've, I've actually I've, I've been more on the iOS games than like you know console games lately. Oh okay. But um, never Resident, played Resident those Evil ones. Two. Like still gave me the was scary it, cats. Was it know? jump scares? Oh yeah, big time. Like you know, come around a corner and all of a sudden zombie just. Comes out of nowhere. I never you know, played this. I've never played a Resident Evil game besides the one that I played at your place, John, with the with the VR. They're great. I recommend uh, Resident Evil One and Two. Didn't play Three, but I'm sure that's good also. But the first two, big time. What uh, What about you? What, 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 do you have any? Because you you played much more video games than I did growing up. So I'm, I'm kind of 
picking my mind. Yeah, right I'm trying to think. So I played like a lot of uh, MS DOS games that were scary. <sighs> I played like. Uh, Did D- Doom scare you at all? No, no. Doom was an action game. You know, it's like a shooter. Um, just shooting people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed it. In fact, the newer Doom game, the last one that came out, was fucking great. I can't. The music wait. was awesome. I cannot wait for this next Doom Eternal to come out. Oh, they're coming out soon. Yeah, it's coming out in uh, this fall. Oh, fun! I think it's like a couple days before Thanksgiving, so I'm about to spend my whole day playing that. Oh. Um. Anyway, yeah, old games I played MS DOS games like uh, uh, Dark Seed, which had a lot of art from H.R. Geiger, who was the creative director for Alien and. Um, Species, you know, he does that. The basically the dude who invited invented biomech. Oh, cool! Yeah, so he also did uh, a lot of visual stuff for Dune and a lot of other weird stuff. But uh, Dark Seed was great. I played that a lot. It was a great horror game. Uh, Silent Hill Two. Silent Hill. Oh, 2. Silent Hill Two is good. Yeah, that was a I lot heard of those fun. games were. They were very scary. Fun storyline, very scary. What too. I liked about it was that it had a lot of different endings too. So you could be like, "Oh, did you get the ending where it's the dude went crazy, or did you go find the ending where it has aliens, or did you find the ending?" So depending on what ending you got, you could be like, "Whoa, this is horror, or this is psychological, or it's science fiction." Yeah, that was. Cool. There were aliens in Silent Hill. There, like one of the one of the endings for Silent Hill Two is involves aliens. That is cool. Yeah, that makes me yeah. want to play the game. Right? Yeah. Are you an Aliens guy? Oh, big time. Yeah, you know, it's, I love sci-fi. Um, I, I, you know, mainly... I get probed all the time. <laughs> <laughs> For me, um, I didn't have a console until PlayStation 1, which is actually around the time the, the two of you were actually talking about these games. But I mentioned uh, Ico off-air, which was a game that was... Uh, Not a horror game. But no, it was definitely freaky though. There was like spirits and things that would like chase after you. And I it, think there's yeah, like shadow. There these shadow things yeah. they to like beat up and get them away from the g- girl you're trying to protect or whatever. Um, so that was our thoughts. Thank you very much for emailing in. Uh, we great question. There's probably things I'll think about in the middle of the night tonight that I would like to bring up about the video games. But uh, we are up against it. John is literally trying to run out the door of the studio. I don't blame him. I'm sorry. Um, if you have any questions or comments or want to reach out to us, you can reach out to us on Gmail at shortandspooky at gmail.com. And if you want to tweet at us at shortandspooky at, on Twitter at shortandspooky. That's correct. And also your Facebook page that you're working on. No, you're working on it. And, uh, if you want to rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, do all that good stuff on iTunes. Uh, Dave, do you yes. want to leave us uh, with anything, or do you have any uh, shout-outs you want to give, or anything you want to promote? Dads? Um, thank you, Dad. Street My Fighter. Dad, Craig Ferguson, Street Fighter, all that good shit. That's Craig um, Ferguson? Yeah, that's his name. Oh, the, hold on. The, the, <laughs> you're Craig Ferguson's like, kid? We're going to get fucking famous. <laughs> I'm here to help you guys out. <laughs> but um, no, I'm a, a, one of my best friends, uh, Tim, does a podcast called, What's it called? Crypt, uh, Cryptic Chronicles. Ooh, you know, I like all, that crypt. I, I like that all crypt. about aliens and uh, all kinds of weird shit. Aliens, like, you know, uh, like mystical kind of shit. And also the last podcast, uh, Safe Space with Dio Stanatopoulos and, oh my God. What's that one about? Tish and uh, Dana Snyder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They they just talk about bullshit. You know, nothing. (laughs) Just (laughs) like us. Yeah, you guys got a better purpose than they do. Everybody talks about shit. You know, they're fun. fun. So uh, shout out to you guys. And, but most importantly, shout out to Short and Spooky. Thank you for having me. Oh, shit. You guys are great. This is fun. And I hope, I hope to come on again. Oh, yeah. You will. You will. Come on back, man. Uh, Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to the Spookies out there. Uh, you you mean more than the shorties. I love you guys. (laughs) Shorties.
Just because there's more of us doesn't mean we care less. Someone's going to kill, like, their friend because they're like, you're a shorty. That was spooky. Yeah. It's be like uh, it's gang be, violence. It's going to be me and you. War. East Coast, West Coast violence. Oh, shit. I'm going to have to cover, cover my uh, my colors up when I go back to East Coast. My 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 spooky colors. Well, what are the spooky colors? Good thing you... Uh, spooky colors would be red, white, and blue, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't listen to him. The, his gun is not loaded that he keeps in his purse. Uh, look at my dick. <laughs> my gun is fully loaded, just not being discharged. All right, all you creep keepers out there, uh, get home safe. Don't blow your hands off on the fourth. Drive fast, take tangents. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, oh, okay. Here's to swimming with bow-legged women. Uh, yep, uh, and have. Um, don't forget to save face uh, this Fourth of July. Don't blow, <laughs> don't blow up yourself too. Be safe. <laughs> Come on, guys. Save the face. Eat meat. Eat vegetables. Later. Thank you.